The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. From the pinnacle of the media landscape, this is Market Edge. Join your host, Larry Weber, as he discovers the answers from analysts, entrepreneurs, and technologists who are preparing the blueprints for the future of marketing. Hear from those who are taking us to a new age of social media, e-communities, and the blogosphere. Blogosphere. Now, please welcome your host of Market Edge, Larry Weber. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Larry Weber, chairman of W2 Group a global marketing services ecosystem organized to help CMOs in their new role as builders of communities and content aggregators. Today I'll be talking about the future of global marketing with John Steffens, Director of Marketing and Strategic Planning for Ocean Spray International. He's responsible for the strategic development of Ocean Spray International's long-range plan to include geographic and product portfolio expansion, global brand positioning, advertising development, and consumer insights. John joined Ocean Spray in 2006 as the Director of Domestic Brand Management responsible for the beverage and food brand teams, consumer insights, and marketing services. Prior to Joining Ocean Spray, John spent 10 years at the Gillette Company, most recently as the director of Gillette's global face and body care business, where he worked in multiple global business units, stationary products, blades, razors, personal care, and on multiple brands, such as Papermate, Right Guard, Mach 3, Fusion, and the Gillette series, in both domestic and global assignments. Welcome to Market Edge, John. Well, thank you very much, Larry. Hey, tell us first a little bit of just about your role at Ocean Spray and, you know, uh, sort of the strategic marketing initiatives you're currently working on and what Ocean Spray plans to uh, achieve with these uh, initiatives. Sure thing. Well, well as, you, as you eloquently said, I'm, I'm in charge of uh, ensuring that um, our marketing and portfolio strategy uh, is, is set and then ultimately achieved uh, through our long range as well as our annual operating plans. Um, and and from, a, from an initiative standpoint, we're really looking at a handful of, of, of pretty significant pieces. One, um, we're in the midst of reshaping our country and our product portfolio management plan. And our hope is that will result in, in us, one, focusing our attention and our resources on our key growth markets and also adjusting our product portfolio to meet the current needs of our target uh, that we satisfy today, as well as developing new products that satisfy identified needs uh, not currently satisfied by us or by the category, um, yet the consumer at this time gives us permission to play into that sandbox. Um, we're also in the midst of unifying our brand positioning across the globe. Uh, we have substantial data showing that our brand's core pillars of taste, health, and heritage um, are, are universal uh, in the in the markets we really focus on, um, and are also very believable in the in these markets that we compete in. Uh, so we're, what we're in the midst of doing is collapsing disparate brand messages and promises that we had had around the world into a more focused, singular message for the brand. Um, and then lastly, uh, we're really working hard at identifying ways to leverage scale throughout all parts of our marketing mix, whether that's through partners whether that's through consolidating how we uh, do marketing research um, 
as well as uh, what we do with our vendor relationships across the world and our partners that make our products and, and at times sell our products. Um, ultimate, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, John. Uh, ultimately, um, I think as, as with as with most of my peers, we're really trying to trying to ensure that we accelerate our top line and bottom line, especially in those in our core international markets, uh, and then for the long term drive drive our brand development as efficiently as possible in those markets as well. I was just going to ask, just for clarification, uh, you know, almost everybody knows Ocean Spray in the United States, but uh, how how are you progressing, you know, uh, geographically around the rest of the world? Is it is it uh, getting just as known in, in most of the, uh, uh, especially westernized countries? Uh, that's a gr- that's a great question, and and it's it's uh, it's developing in varying degrees. I'd say in the in the Anglo-speaking countries, Canada. Uh, uh, or English-speaking countries, Canada, Australia, England, uh, those are what we consider our three core markets. Uh, Canada and the U.K. being very developed, I don't think they're much behind the United States. Uh, Australia is starting to pick up momentum, I would say. They're probably at half the development of a Canada uh, or U.K., um, and then what we've done is we have identified a handful of other markets where we feel that the environment is right for us um, to to introduce the product line and 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 develop the brand. And we're really focused on uh, France and Mexico right now, um, and uh, we're we're seeing very uh, quick traction for the brand in those markets. Um, really driven by the fact that consumers there, just like in the United States, are looking for not only a product that's good for them. Uh, but tastes really good as well. Well, you know, I, it's interesting you said, you know, because on this show we talk a lot about branding sometimes and the future of branding. And, you know, you talked about, I think it was uh, uh, heritage, health, taste. Uh, and to me that sums up sort of a brand that is very authentic, one that is transparent, is uh, is sort of thoughtful, is, is uh, you know, there's, there's no games here. This is what you see, taste, feel, uh, read about is what you get. Is 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 that you know? Would you say that's accurate about the Ocean Spray brand? And is that something you're trying to purvey and the con- consumers really do like? Yeah, I think that's a very accurate statement. And, and for those who are listening, who've, who've seen our advertisement as well as our other communications in the United States, we've really um, put a lot of work and investment behind bringing that message out to the consumer. Um, whether it's uh, utilizing um, you know, farmers in the bog. Uh, where our cranberries come from, uh, taking that on in our advertising, taking that on the road, and 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 building a traveling bog and uh, that that visits Rockefeller Center, Los Angeles, uh, Chicago, as well as other venues. Um, we're trying to be very very consistent with that authentic message, which we know resonates very strongly with consumers, and translate back without us ever saying a word about it to uh, quality, premium, and, and from a really good place. What we've found over the past 18 months is that message travels very, very well uh, in, in those three core markets, um, Australia, Canada, and the U.K., as well as the other markets where we compete and are looking to develop the business. Um, you know, fundamentally, uh, consumers are looking to be reassured that what they're uh, ingesting is, is, is good for them and, and is coming from a good place. And, and I think uh, the fact that we are a grower-owned cooperative, we have been for 75 years, uh, and we have a, an installed and very impactful visual asset of that red cranberry bog with, with our farmers in it, um, 
uh, allows us to be a very believable and rightfully so uh, product that is that is tastes good, good for you, and from a good place. Maybe you could tell, just as a, tangent, a side tangent, our listeners, you know, really what a, the, the sort of co-op uh, is. I mean, we understand it from living up here in, in New England and, and other co-ops like the Cabot Cheese uh, Group, but uh, maybe you could explain and also maybe just add the nuances of uh, what are the challenges from a strategic marketing point of view of, of working with the co-op and what are the advantages of working with the co-op? Well, good, good question, and, and um, you know, sorry I didn't explain that uh, uh, up front because because uh, obviously uh, being a New Englander and, and working here, it's, it, it becomes second nature. Um, a cooperative, essentially, Ocean Spray exists um, to provide a higher price for uh, the fruit our cranberry and our grapefruit growers grow. Uh, um, that's a, that is ideally above. Uh, what the open market pays for it. And so the cooperative is essentially a, a group of cranberry growers, and then we also have a grapefruit cooperative, a group of grapefruit growers um, who have, have banded together and have, and have entrusted us um, through marketing and sales to add value to the price of their fruit so that we can pay them that dividend over and above what the market pays. Um, it, the the dynamic is is an interesting one. Uh, fundamentally, we have to uh, purchase a hundred percent of what our farmers grow um, and figure out how to pay them the highest price for it. Uh, from a CPG perspective, it really doesn't change how you uh, act or go to market. I mean, we act uh, like any other CPG firm, and and you know, I don't I don't. I don't exhibit nor have my teams any different behavior working here than, than my years at Gillette. Um, however, I think the, the bigger fundamental difference is um, I could jump in a car and, and uh, with you, Larry, and, and in a month we could go and personally meet 100% of the owners of this company. Um, and a lot of them are fourth and fifth generation families that, that um, not only earn their living uh, off the land but also hope to transfer that that land and and that lifestyle to future generations. So it really puts in perspective what we're um, what we're trying to accomplish. Um, there really isn't an anonymous owner out there who's who you can't know, uh, see, or shake their hand. Um, you know, it's a, it's a small group of of, uh, of uh, North American farmers uh, from Florida up to British Columbia. Um, who are part of this cooperative and expect us to deliver uh, not only the best products in the world, um, but products that help them um, help return more money to them than the open market would. Um, you know, I was looking at your background, and the Gillette um, experience was was very interesting. On yeah, also a company with the sort of a core, you know, uh, heritage of around shaving and you know men, and and they've been able and been very successful at expanding out from that core. And I think Ocean Spray has done that as well. But I'd love to know how you view strategic growth through new products beyond just the cranberry juice I see and and the grapefruit juice I see. I've seen a variety of different products over the years. How do you actually go about that in this day and age, moving into 2010 with the world moving so fast, one, to protect the core of the heritage of Ocean Spray, but two, to also offer more products that 
might be very acceptable and wanted of the of the public. Right. Uh, well, you know, we 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 go about our our, our innovation pipeline and in, uh, in a very similar way that I think a lot of a lot of CPG companies would. I mean, we we have a very robust need state study and 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 we do a lot of segmentation work. And I think we have a very very good idea of the needs and wants of our target um, and and what they actually. Um, Give us, where they actually give us permission to play. That being said, there's obviously white space in there that we do a lot of work to understand whether or not we can play in that white space. Um, so we, we protect the core um, by, by one, um, when we move away from it, doing it in a way that, that um, doesn't alienate the, the, the folk that are in the, in the franchise today, but, but what I like to look at is, is enhance it. So I'll give you an example. Uh, in recent years, we've, we've launched a, a diet juice drink. Um, you know, consumers we, we knew uh, did not consider juice uh, when they were, or diet, diet drinkers were not considering juice in their, in their uh, product set because the perception was juice had too many calories. But we also knew that if we could come up with a juice that, that satisfied the needs of diet drinkers, uh, we'd, have, we'd have something pretty substantial on our hands, and, and that's what we did. So we didn't pull away from, uh, from the consumers that were in our, in, our, in our main portfolio, but added on to it because those diet drinkers weren't considering us in the past. So, you know, sometimes it was a brand-new user. Sometimes it was a new user in an existing Ocean Spray household. So, um, you know, we drew, drove uh, penetration as well as frequency with a, with a product like that. We also introduced an energy juice drink uh, two years ago that, that capitalized on, on, that, on, a, on a white space that we identified that consumers in our target told us, hey, we'd love a, a juice drink in, in this space because, you know, Diet Coke coffee and Red Bull will only take us so far. Um, and once again, we saw a nice incrementality because it didn't pull away from the core. As we start moving farther and farther away from cranberry, the key is how do we stay stay true to uh, the taste, health, and heritage positioning of the brand. And, and one of the places we're moving forward to is, is, is as an example, is um, you know, looking at other fruits that potentially pr- provide the same type of, of health and taste benefits that cranberry does. So um, it's done carefully. It's done with a lot of information, um, and we really ensure that we never pull off the communication we have against our core portfolio, because I don't think you're ever done with your work there, but, but as we do introduce new products, do that in a way that is incremental to the brand, because it's taking, taking advantage of need states that we've identified that we're currently not playing, but the consumer gives us permission to. When we come back, we're going to talk a, a little bit more, John, about you know the kinds of things you're doing to both educate and and connect uh, w- with your customers and potential customers. But I have to ask you a really silly little question. One of my favorite Ocean Spray products was the cranberry orange relish we'd have at Thanksgiving, and I couldn't find it anywhere two weeks ago. Is it going to be coming back? <laughs> <laughs> so you put me on the spot. Uh- <laughs> The, the the answer the answer is the regular cranberry. I, I think you'll you'll love our current cranberry sauce because the orange isn't coming back, unfortunately, Larry. All right. Well, then I'll have to just stick with the pure cranberry. I hear that's that's better for you than any other fruit almost anyway. So, hey, we're going to take a uh, a short 15-minute commercial break right now, but please stand by, and we'll be right back with John Steffens of Ocean Spray for more of this fascinating conversation around the future of marketing. This is Larry Weber with Market Edge. Market Edge will continue in just a moment. 
How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Revenues can come from many different sources. Are you capturing additional revenue from your payment processor or leaving money on the table? Lytle & Company can help you grow your top-line revenue. Lytle & Company provides payment processing and consultative merchant services for multi-channel retailers, along with Internet and direct response businesses who sell directly to consumers. Lower the total cost of payment acceptance while improving your business processes and chargeback management with Lytle & Company's innovative reporting and analytics features. Lytle & Company. The card's not present, but we are. Find out more at Lytle. L-I-T-L-E dot com. Hey, have you got the number for Jerry's Pizza? Look it up on LocalPages.com. LocalPages.com. Well, what if I wanted a business number in Miami? LocalPages.com. Can people find your business online? Be seen with LocalPages.com on every local listing in all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, MSN, and Ask. With over 6 billion quality searches a month and bids starting as low as one cent, get connected with local consumers at the exact moment that they're looking for you. San Francisco, Green Bay, London. I told you. LocalPages.com. List your business on LocalPages.com now and get $100 in free local advertising. LocalPages.com, bringing your neighborhood to you. Inbox, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. From the pinnacle of the marketing landscape, we now return to Market Edge. Once again, here's your host, Larry Weber. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Larry Weber, and I'm here today with John Steffens, the Director of Marketing and Strategic Planning for Ocean Spray International, talking about the future of global marketing. We spent the first half of the show really learning sort of what John's doing there and, and some of the interesting things of working with one of the most famous uh, you know brands, at least in our country and growing around the world. You know, what... In, in a in a situation, John, where there's a lot of dubious thinking about traditional advertising and paid media moving into 2010, mostly not just because of the internet, but mostly around a lot of reports we're seeing about you know how how many commercials are DVR'd or TiVo'd, uh, the decline of magazines like Gourmet Magazine, for example, uh, you know uh, which will stop running this year. Uh, what's your view? One of the future future of traditional advertising for a brand like Ocean Spray? And second, what's the mix you're looking at these days, uh, you know, to tell our marketing listeners or marketers uh, sort of what experts are, like yourself are doing to, to really readjust that mix if you believe in sort of my preamble there? Right. Um, well, I, I think you know, traditional media, to, to throw those quotation marks around it, it will always have a place. And I guess the question is going to be for all of us is, is um, what, you know, what is its place and what's the weight you, you give to, to traditional media moving forward? Um, and, and then how do you then weave in um, all the other pieces of, of the communication mix that are at your disposal? Um, you know, I look at something like social media and, and, and what role it would play for, for B2C companies. And, and I, and I think fundamentally it's going to become a bigger part of the mix for, for many reasons. One, it allows you to micro-target or segment 
um, and and help uh, help us as marketers get our message out efficiently, um, not only with our current consumers but with potential consumers. It has great reach potential. Um, at times, as, as someone who, who's dealing with multiple countries, it can be very country agnostic. Um, it, it can be much more cost effective, and and at, and at the same time, can can drive a relationship that that mass media can't. Um, what's interesting to me is there's there's hurdles that we as marketers need to overcome and 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 really grasp uh, before we before I think it 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 really takes off and. Um, starts pulling significant dollars. Not to say significant dollars haven't already been taken away from traditional media, but first off, I don't think enough companies have give, given enough thought um, around um, their digital strategy and, for example, what role social media would play in that overall communication strategy. And so, for example, just having a Facebook page isn't enough. I think you need to figure out what your brand, you know, what about your brand excites your current and potential consumers, and then what's the right environment to reach them to unlock the type of relationship non-traditional, uh, the non-traditional side of, of communication can, can tap into. Um, I think we then also need to figure out what we, uh, what to do when we have that first interaction with our consumer, uh, you know, with our consumers that are interested with a relationship with our brand. Um, I think we also need to become comfortable with the fact that when you move away from traditional media, the users can start controlling the conversation. Um, and at times, that's a difficult hurdle to cross within, a, within the four walls of a company. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, the brand really controls the quality of the content, and, and that can be a scary thing. So you need, you need to be able to, to come to grips with that and, and, and ensure that you have the right type of content that you're, that you're comfortable with, that is of enough quality that can drive those conversations that, that, um, that will then drive deeper and deeper relationships over time. And then I think, um, I think finally, as measurement tools get better, you'll, you'll start seeing potentially a, a, a faster switch from traditional to non, non-traditional uh, investment dollars. But I think, you know, long-winded, bring it all the way back to the beginning, traditional media will always have its place. The question is going to be what place does it fit versus the non-traditional piece, and then how much weight are you going to give to each I couldn't agree more. I'd like to highlight one thing you were uh, sort of talking about. And it, I've gone into a number of Fortune 500 companies in the past year who, quote, use this words, I just like to dip my toe into social and just get a Facebook fan page or maybe a Twitter handle or something. And I'm just so perplexed by that, uh, you know, because I just say, don't even do that. Wait and really thoughtfully look at, you know, the, the social media landscape and get a strategy together that you're sure you can measure that you are comfortable with the way content's controlled or not controlled and that you can work through the various you know conversation points especially on the web and for a brand like ocean spray i think you know you can cut across a lot of things and i know you do this but you know you talk about health well gee if i that's one of the fastest growing google categories uh, is and you know finding out the health of benefits of cranberries of grapefruit uh, Etc. Then you know, going and cutting across recipes, and you know, during specific periods. So not just marketing the product, but marketing sort of the categories within. Maybe comments on overall use of strategy as we move into new media and digital media, and the use of non-product directed kinds of uh, marketing work. Um, that's a really good question, Larry, and I and I. Um... Not the easiest one to answer, but 
I think to your point, you know, if you, I think we have a good idea of what we stand for here at Ocean Spray, and I, and I think a lot of our listeners do too with their brands. And I, I think the question is, you know, what what do you stand for? One, what can excite your consumer? Two, and then and then how do you ensure that you keep that type of um, conversation going um, over the long term, and 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 not just hey, have a one shot and then say, what do I do next? Um, I think finding those non-traditional areas, you know, the, the example you use with, with health at Google or WebMD or, or, or when you have a huge spike in recipe, um, um, uh, recipe interest, Thanksgiving holidays, etc. cetera, uh, we do take advantage of that. What we haven't done, because we really haven't um, – created a deep enough strategy around it is, is to jump into social media. And, and that's, that's something that I think we believe is, um, will be, a, no, no pun intended, a fruitful uh, piece of our marketing communication mix. But we really want to be careful about thinking fully through not only what role it will play, but then what do we actually need to do once we jump in? So to your point, we're not just going to put up a Facebook page and let it sit there, and and um, um, and so we're we're in the midst of the hard work, which is strategically what do we want to do? Um, what are the steps we need to take to maintain that strategy once we do jump in with both feet? Because uh, I agree with you, just dipping the toe do- isn't isn't worth uh, the human or fiscal resource. Um, and then ultimately, how do we measure that? Because that has to be part of, of the overall strategy to understand what we're getting out of that investment and if that investment warrants higher levels of investment as we move forward. Uh, couldn't agree more about the measurement part. You know, I like to tell uh, the audience we've spoken to a number of measurement experts over the uh, last couple of years, you know, that the traditional advertising world had decades to perfect a lot of its great metrics and measurements. So it's going to take a while for these, you know, new medium uh, platforms uh, to, to, to get the kind of measurement that stands up uh, to the investment that's, uh, that's going to do. Now, uh, going down a different track, you have all this, uh, you know, global responsibility. A lot of our audience, uh, John, uh, is is in the similar situation of trying to expand a brand that's mostly known in this country into other parts of the world. Uh, maybe some thoughts on, you know, uh, you know what to do, or some tips from John on on uh, how to avoid some of the the, the hurdles in in expanding geographically. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I think there's there's many things to consider. I, I think fundamentally, um, as a brand, you need to understand if your brand's brand promise and, and existing product portfolio resonates or um, or has a place with the target in the country or the countries you're looking to expand into. And, and you really need to do your dil- dil- due diligence and understand not only what is similar in the market you're thinking of going to, but what is different. Um, if the brand promise and the product portfolio does connect, um, then you, I think you really need to work hard not only to uh, hone your core brand message, um, sometimes to the nuance of that of that new geography or new geographies, but also determine the most effective way to find and engage the target you're going after to induce profitable trial. Um, I think you also need to determine how much resource you can commit to that new geography. Uh, obviously, if you have a strong P&L for your existing country portfolio, that will allow you to investment spend from a human and fiscal resource perspective in that new geography. If you don't, 
even though you may want to become a global or a multinational company, you may need to take a step back, t- step back and temper your growth expectations or, or potentially reconsider if it even makes sense to open up a new geography, um, which, which will then allow you to focus on shoring up your existing businesses. And I, I think that's, you know, the want to get wide as, as quickly as possible sometimes forces you to take some focus off of the, the countries in your portfolio that are paying the bills. And I, and I think you just need to make sure that the core, the core uh, countries that are making up the foundation of your business are as rock solid as possible, not only the year you're sitting in, but the years moving forward, that allow you then to, to put some uh, resource against those new geographies you're going after. Hey, are you noticing any, you know, when uh, I used to be involved more deeply in, you know, uh, building plans around different geographic markets and having offices in all the different places, there were definitely media favorites in different countries. You know, example, you know, lots of soap operas in China and, you know, a lot of mobile in in, uh, in Europe. Uh, are you seeing uh, still a lot of differences in the use of different medias, whether it's traditional or new or, you know, or, or uh, by geogra- geography? Or are you starting to see the world becoming more digitized, that it's becoming a little more uh, homogenized around uh, the way global consumer consumes media? No, I think it's the latter, Larry. I think we're starting to see, um, uh, because of technology and, and, its, and its rapid pace, a uh, 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 homogenization of um, the acceptable methods of receiving a message. I think that's the key. And, and um, you know, and that's what's, quite frankly, that's what's making it difficult because, you're not, I shouldn't say difficult, that's what's making it more challenging for the marketer because, you know, on the one hand, but the nuances aren't as great as maybe 10 years ago. But on the other hand, there's so many more choices, and you have to really figure out what choices are best for, for your brand and uh, based upon the target um, you're going after. So, you know, whether it be wireless, whether it be social media, I mean, I, and that's what I meant earlier when I said, you know, country agnostic. Facebook's country agnostic. And, you know, there's, you know what, there's more Facebook users now than, uh, I think, and you'll know better than I, Larry, than, and that's than the population of every country in the world except for China and India, I believe. Or yeah, maybe it's, it's just about the U.S. So, yep. so uh, you know, and, and, and if, you, if you have a brand message, you can, you can rifle that around the world, uh, or if you have the right program for your brand, you can rifle that around the world on, on, a, on a platform like Facebook in a blink of an eye. Uh, that didn't exist 10 years ago. Um, but... Uh, you know, there's there's more there's more choices than just Facebook, and then you add in TV and print and all the other traditional pieces. It it makes it a little more difficult, or takes makes makes you have to take a step back and think a lot more through where you're going to place your money um, to get the best return. Well, I can tell you, it's challenging in every corner of of business these days. But I think marketing is one of the fastest changing areas, and we're all going to have to work harder to stay on top of that. Uh, we only have about a minute, minute and a half left, John. And uh, wanted to just ask you, uh, besides Ocean Spray, which is obviously such a great global brand, are there a few other consumer brands, especially that you respect immensely in what they're doing today, and in 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 these challenging marketing and financial times? Um, God, there's a there's a lot. It's um, you know, I look at at someone like McDonald's, who seems like uh, in a not too long ago, everyone was 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 questioning every move they were making, and was was uh, 
talking about is you know the the demise of the great fast food king and and I, I don't think there's more positive things you can say about what they've done uh with their brand um uh, across all pieces of the marketing mix how they're talking to their consumer how they're pricing their business how they're how they're increasing their their uh, validity and quality quality uh equation with the consumer um you know, I, I look at uh, a, a company like Tesco, who we uh, you know, slam into every day on the shelf because of uh, the, the the great quality they've created in their own brand and and the and the um, and the um, the amount of goodwill they've created with with the consumers in the markets they compete in. Um, uh, gosh. You know, I look at Southwest and what they're doing in the United States right now, in, in the face of escalating fees and and uh, you know the malaise when it comes to to airline travel and how they've they've been able to stay true to their core values and at the same time you know create some separation between them and and the other uh, airlines that we all, from a business and a personal perspective, uh, have the ability to choose. So. Uh, there's a lot. I guess those would be three of them, um, but they're all. Uh, I admire them all because they really they haven't strayed from their roots. Uh, they've stayed true to the course, and they've and they've uh, uh, in some cases, like McDonald's, really been really were forced uh, to to change how the consumer perceived them without um, while still being uh, very honest about what they deliver. Well, and that list that you just said includes Ocean Spray International. And John Seven is the Director of Marketing and Strategic Planning for Ocean Spray International. Uh, and this conversation on global marketing, thanks so much for being our guest on Market Edge. Well, Myers, my pleasure. Thank you very much. And thanks, everyone in the audience, for listening to today's Market Edge conversation. Tune in again next Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern time when a conversation will be posted at www.webmasterradio.fm. This is Larry Weber, your host at Market Edge. Bye-bye. Until next time.